Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Jennifer. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a four-letter word. A four-letter F word, to be specific. I'm going to talk about fear and the way it manifests in life. When we're little, fear is not knowing where our parents have gone, fear of getting lost. It is fear of the big scary monster in the closet or if you were my sister and you had to put up with me terrorizing you, fear is the witch under your bed. As you get older, fear moves on from imagined things in closets to more realistic things and maybe a fear of experiences, a fear of something new, fear of riding roller coasters. I remember specifically the first time I ever had to ride a roller coaster and I used the word had because I was forced outside of my will to do it. My father declared that that is what we were doing and I didn't have a choice in the matter. So I remember being at the little amusement park that was there local to the, the town that we would visit every summer. I remember feeling like the line to get on the roller coaster was infinitely torturously long, but yet not nearly long enough. And I remember watching my dad through the line and, and getting all the way up to it and, and just joy. He was excited. At the time, I thought it was because he enjoyed torturing me, but I would learn that it was other things, that it was enjoyment of the ride. I, I remember getting to the front of the ride and, and watching as other people would, would leave and take off and the cart would go and it would come back and, and everybody was having such a good time. It just didn't equate to me. It just did not add up that I was going to get on this monstrosity of a torture machine and that I was going to end up having fun and so our time comes to get in and I think thankfully we were not in the front seat I don't remember being that terrified um, or feeling like I saw my death coming just quite as clearly as I would have if I'd been in the front seat but it doesn't matter I remember having a death grip on the the safety bar I remember looking at my dad like like I wanted to take it in what he looked like because surely I was going to die. Surely this was going to be the last time I saw him and I wanted to enjoy, you know, something for the last moments of my life. And then that part of the the ride happens when you leave the platform and you start to go up that hill. Tick, 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 tick. And I remember feeling like every tick was one second closer to my death and then those ticks were just marking off the time until I was surely going to die and I remember the the nauseated feeling of approaching that apex approaching the top of the hill in that nanosecond between when you've gone from going up the hill to now being sucked down the vortex of the rest of the ride I remember thinking this is it. This is where I die. This is where my, okay, well, hey, my stomach has now come out and is in the cart with me. And oh my God, my life is very short as it is, is flashing before my eyes. I remember feeling like all of that went back inside me and you hit the bottom and you go around. And actually, I remember thinking, this is not that bad. And it was this weird 
weird moment where everything inside me wanted to believe that it was still the most horrible, frightening thing in the world. Yet everything I was actually experiencing was the exact opposite. Absolute joy and excitement and thrill and oh my god, it was fabulous to feel like you were even for a moment in that weightlessness as it went around a curve or, you know, came out of it and and lifted you up over this next crest. And I remember as we pulled back into the platform, being beside myself with how exciting it was and how alive I felt and the thrill of the speed and the air blowing through and the rush and honestly, that feeling of not knowing that that excitement was God, I mean, I just had never had anything like that to that point in my life. And it was amazing. And that moment spawned for me a true love of roller coasters. Um, Try to keep me off one now. (laughs) I'm a little bit more selective in in my age as I go. But I, I, I don't take much to talk into getting on one. I remember, you know, kind of thinking about it. Years after, because in the beginning, I didn't stop and think about it too much. But years later, thinking about that's a great example of something that I was so terrified of that became something I loved once I leaned into it, once I, you know, was forced into it, honestly, and I just let go at some point, right? As I, after you're going down that hill and I just decided I'd just let go and I gave into the feelings of being on that ride versus the, the conception I had of what it was going to be before I went on it. And as we get older, I think fear takes a different form. It's not this big, scary thing. It's not a giant, sully monster, if you've seen Monsters, Inc. in your closet. Um, It's not a a big, terrifying experience like a roller coaster or the first time you fly in a plane or, you know, driving a car. I remember being terrified when I learned to drive a car. Sheer power behind um, that and the responsibility of it. But fear becomes something different as we get older and especially for me as I I left the protections of high school and college and started facing the the real world the realities of what was coming in this adulthood which I think was ironic because all of you know my time in high school and junior high and college was aimed at man one day I'm going to be a grown up one day I'm going to be an adult And that me never stopped and thought about all of the things that came with being an adult, all the responsibilities that were going to come with being an adult. All I cared about was the privileges and the rights and the things I got to do and, you know, living out on my own and being independent. And anyway, so as we get older, though, I think fear has a dynamic change that it stops being these big, scary monsters It stops being these roller coasters or these airplanes. It stops being these large, obvious, big things. And it it starts becoming small. It starts becoming something so tiny or so camouflaged that you don't even realize what it is. And what I mean by that is fear becomes this voice in your head. Fear becomes this hesitation, this inability to do new things or fail or just try something new or have the ability to say that you want to do something different. 
even if it doesn't result in failure, right? Because just doing something different does not mean that you're going to necessarily have failure or success at it. You know, you could just, like me, decide that you're okay with, you know, you really are okay with tattoos and you're going to go get one. Just doing something different. And fear becomes this voice that I think we don't recognize as fear because we're so aware of what fear is when when we were young. We're looking for that monster in the closet, which by the way, I still have to sleep at the closet door (laughs) closed. Matter of fact, like I hate it when I get all the way through my nighttime routine and realize that the door is still open to my closet because I will, yes, I absolutely will have to get up and go close that. And I'm nowhere near <laughs> young anymore. But anyway, so as as we age, we, we still think about fear and we still assign it this quality of big. It's a big thing. It's a monster in a closet, a witch under a bed. It's a roller coaster ride. It's getting on a plane. It's these big things. And we completely ignore and overlook the small ways that fear is impacting our life on a daily basis. When I decided to get divorced, there was an element of fear. It was stepping out into the unknown. It was directly going against everything I'd been taught. And uh, I had several friends that were very pro-marriage and and I'd been raised going to church. So I'm having these fears that in making this decision, I'm, I'm doing something that is so, so crazy, so outside the box that it's terrifying. All I knew though at that time was that I was more afraid of what it meant to stay in that marriage than face whatever came after. When I was looking at moving to Dallas, there was fear, there was anxiety, and it came in the forms of failure or a fear to fail. I hate failing. But when I was moving, I was taking this gamble that was not only on me. I, I, I was responsible for more than just my person. I was responsible for another life. So the decisions I made had to be one that I could live with and that he could live with um, without knowing it. I was making this decision for us. And there was a lot of fear because I was moving to a city where I didn't know anybody. I was doing a job that was a complete career change for me. And if I'm honest, I was taking a risk that was big and I was betting on myself, but not knowing exactly where it was going to lead to. I was terrified. I cannot tell you how many days at the beginning I left work thinking, oh my God, I've made the biggest mistake ever. And just this voice saying to me, you're never going to make it. You made a terrible decision. You should pack up your things and go back to your life where it was comfortable. Go back to what you know. Go back to that space where everything you know is what you deal with on a daily basis and you know exactly what your life is going to be for the next 50 years. And there were days that that was really tempting, if I'm being honest with you. But I, I faced those fears. I took it one day at a time and I realized very much like the end of my marriage 
and that decision, I realized I was more afraid of not doing this change, not taking the chance, than I was of whatever would happen if I took that chance. I'm glad I did. It was a complete life change and it it exposed me to an industry and a job and a career path that I am grateful for because I can't imagine (laughs) finding something that's more me. Um, There's probably a few things, but compared to what I had been doing, this was so me and so in line with exactly how I am wired. So that first job was great and I had it for a couple of years. And then I had the opportunity to go someplace else. There was fear there too. I could have gone into a new situation and turned out to be a fluke. As a matter of fact, that's what fear told me when I was trying to make the decision on what I was going to do. The fear voice said, you're going to go do that and you're going to find out you're a a fluke and you're not going to be able to come back here. So who knows what you're going to do. You're not going to be able to pay your rent. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're going to have to pack up and move back home with your mom and dad. But again, I was more afraid of what it would mean if I didn't do it than I was afraid of what might possibly happen if I did. And I did great. It was different. It was a much broader, weirder scale of recruiting, and it's what I call spaghetti slinging, but it was a great experience because I definitely learned something that I don't want to do. From there, I left and went to another job and was doing well at that in that company. And then I had the opportunity to make another move. And this time it would take me out of agency life, which is all I had known and been successful in, in in recruiting, and put me smack dab in the middle of corporate recruiting, which if you don't know much about recruiting, I call I call the two kind of the difference between the light and the dark side. <laughs> Each is very passionate about what they do and each feels very strongly about what the other side does. And here I was moving to the dark side basically for for the people in the industry told me that. And it is different. I I have the opportunity now to work for one company instead of placing people at several companies, which changes my experience. Before I could never really see the growth that somebody would have if I didn't keep connection with them. My consultants I talked to all the time, but I got to keep up with them through that. But I never got to see when somebody got placed in a, in a direct hire with a client. I, I hardly ever heard from them again. And in this seat, I get to see every day what people do that I place into, into these roles and how well they do. And I was terrified when I was going into this job. And I'm going to be honest with you, The first couple of months were even more frightening because as I got in and figured out what all I had to do, it now became this question of, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And being terrified and taking inventory and looking at all of the things I had to overcome if I was going to be successful. And there were days in the very beginning, the first couple of months that I thought, what have I done? And then I experienced what I'm going to call a different kind of fear from all of that. Because instead of this fear of failing, I actually experienced fear of success. In thinking about this podcast, that's the fear 
that I think bothered me the most or that I still have the biggest struggle with or that I wrestle with the most. I got over fear of failure a long time ago. I've never really been afraid to fail. Failing is not what scares me the most. Fear of success. What if you get that job that you always wanted? What if you become that person you always said you wanted to be? What if that kid who grew up wanting to be president of the United States actually got there? For me, it was and is, what if I make a podcast and tell people about my vulnerability and it's a success? Then what? What if I am a success? What if I'm good at this? What if I'm really good at it? Then what? What if I meet that person that's right for me? When all of my other relationships have not been successful for so many reasons, what happens if I meet that person that is right for me? Then what? And that's what I struggle with. I have the opportunity to do really great things and I have really big dreams. I'm gonna let y'all in on one of them. I see myself one day standing on a stage speaking to a pretty sizable audience. Like, if you're from the Dallas area, it's definitely bigger than the Majestic. And maybe even one day, I will totally fill the American Airlines Center or wherever, you know, the next biggest venue is. But I see myself doing that and I know I can do it, but it's terrifying. I'm more afraid of succeeding sometimes than I ever have been of failing. So what do you do with that? I tell you, there's part of me that's scared to try, but that's when the fear of failure kicks in. <laughs> and I kick my own butt and say, ah, Missy, you get up and you do a podcast or you go to work and you, you believe in these things and you redesign these systems and you change the way that hiring happens and you change the dynamics for your hiring managers and you make that company a better place by doing what you know you do best when it happens for you, that you achieve that thing, that goal, you're not going to be afraid because that voice in your head that is telling you you can't do it is a liar. I'm going to enjoy every minute of this roller coaster ride between now and when all of my dreams come true, but I'm going to work every minute too to make sure it happens. So my challenge to you is this. Whether fear is a big scary monster in a closet or a small voice in your head, and whether that fear is the fear of failure or the fear of success, I'm gonna challenge you to lean into it, not let fear decide your future. Be in control, embrace it, don't ignore it, but don't let it control you. And if you can do that, there's not anything you can't do. And I wish you all the success in whatever you're facing. That's all I've got to say for this episode. Until the next time, I hope you're well, and thanks for listening.